You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Oh, Russ with the boobs out. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Russ Dorsey, allergic to clothing. First of all, that's not true. Some man cleavage. Is that what you're talking about? Steps into the steps into the Zoom call looking like David Hasselhoff. Sorry. I'm sorry I have uh No, it's okay. If I looked like you, I might do that too. <laughs> Fine pectorals. It's good advertising. Russ is gonna have trouble if we if we lock ourselves into a deal where you're required to wear a shirt every t- every week. I do like to have the chest out and the arms out during the pod. Well, why don't you just cut the sleeves off? Cut the sleeves uh, off, kinda ah. cut the neck out a little bit, you know. Do a little crop top. Whatever feels good, Russ. Cam? Yep. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Sounds nine, ten. All right. We're good. Cam, do this, baby. <laughs> might, yo, don't, don't, give me, don't give me all the credit. It might be these AirPods I just got, man. He's like these new joints. You know, Listen, the, I, the, I just the, got mine the other day, too. Yo. yo. My other one started to fill on me, so and, and it doesn't help when you when you leave them in your pants pocket and they get washed a couple of times. Ah, so, yeah, yeah. kind of looking, oh like, looking around like, damn, what the hell did I put them? And wifey's coming up like, yeah, you left your AirPods in your pants; they got washed. I'm like, damn. I I can't imagine a world where I make enough money that I could leave my AirPods in my laundry and be okay with it. So <laughs> I left mine in an Uber last week. Good for you. Ah. See, that's when you know you're really making money when you leave them in an the Uber. Like, you yeah. know, what I'm saying you live in that type of lifestyle where you're moving place yeah. to place. And you're like, damn! I just dropped them joints in the Uber. Oh well, I'll come. Would you want to return them though? If you're an Uber, like the inner ear is a very sensitive and intimate place. Like, why would you, you know how many wanna... thousands of Uber rides these people be given? Why would you? Why would you want to? I mean, but but for anybody, right? Like, like yeah. yeah how do, oh, how do, would you, you want to use somebody else's you AirPods? Can. Like, no. Yeah, y'all, so you, y'all got intimate, I, basically. How do you? That's why. How do you successfully sanitize AirPods to try and use them? when they're not yours. Like, that's my thing. Right. Like, I, I feel weird even using my wife's like AirPods. Like, I'm just like looking at them, even though I'm married to her. I'm like, yo, wow. Look at this, like this inner ear and try and see if I see something, man. That's, that's, I, a, that's a, I, a, I love a new you, but level. it's still intimate. Yeah. It's a new, new level, level of, new I'm, level I'm of intimacy. To, 
I'm not there I, yet, Tony. I'm not there I yet. feel so comfortable right now. I feel like I'm with people that understand me right now. Russ is flinching at all this. Like, you know, Russ doesn't care. He'll wear anybody's AirPods. Just pass these AirPods around. Whatever. Free I love, never, I've never understood. I, I am so with Cam. Cam, you know what I do? One thing that I do, like, if you work as a writer, you will inevitably end up in some media workroom where somebody doesn't have their headphones and they need to listen to a to a tape of an interview and they'll be like, hey, does anybody have headphones that I can borrow? And if I had over the ear ones, I actually wouldn't mind. That's okay with yeah, me. Like I yeah. can do that. But once they go in the ear, you know, once oh, there's yeah. penetration oh, into the ear, I'm like, <laughs> you want penetrators involved. So you know That's what? Of, I any, do of, like, of any kind. <laughs> when I fly Delta and they give you the free headphones, like I don't yeah. need them because I have some, but I always take them and then stuff them in my work bag. And so if anyone ever is like, I need some headphones, I don't have to like come up with some weird reason why I wouldn't let them use my personal ones. I can be like, here, you just keep, just keep these. You just have them. What if somebody was smart? That's actually really smart, Jay. I like that. I'm I'm, I'm borrowing that, man. Thanks for that knowledge. What if somebody was, was, was adamant? On using your your inner ear. Oh, it's just it's not that bad. Just just I'll just listen to it real quick. Why would somebody do that? Why would somebody want hey, that man. so badly? It it's some it's some folks out here. I think I'm cool with my wife using them, but like I wouldn't even let my kids use them. I don't think kids do a good enough job cleaning their ears. I wouldn't let my kids use my my earbuds. And I was I was raised on using a Q-tip every day, like after exactly you know, oh, no. get out the shower, Q-tip. No, like the even Q-tip. though the doctor does, even though the no, doctor does not recommend it, like I've been doing it for no. almost 30, 37 years now since I've been on this earth. I can hear perfectly fine, so it hasn't affected me. Yeah, it's not going to affect my son because I damn sure clean his ears every day. Exactly. No. Yes. What are the doctors? No, no. no the, yeah, what right. the doctors are saying is what the doctors are saying is don't jam it in there. It's right. okay if you yeah, just right. wipe things out with the Q-tips. Mm. I've been doing that for for the same amount of time, and I'm fine. I can hear. There we go. There we I go. feel weird if I don't. If I take a shower and then somehow like forget to clean my ears, like my ears feel like yeah. there's like water. It messes me up. Like I can't be normal. Your, equil- can't. your equilibrium's off and all that. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. not yeah. like that, Russ. You don't use Q-tips. Do I know how to use Q-tips? What? No, no. Do you use Q-tips? Like you're yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. wincing at our uh, idiosyncrasies here. No, 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 no. I, I was just letting y'all bond over Q-tips. It was oh, cute. okay. Well, I'm it was not the Q-tip Tony, guy. Right. I was gonna say I saw Tony's face. Tony's not a fan of Q-tips. Like, what are you uh, the the candle? That you, Tony? Oh no, no, no. It's 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 <laughs> like Q-tip a candle's adjacent. worth of earwax. Oh. Like no, it's it's the Q-tip adjacent where you just wet the warm, get the warm towel going. You know, do a little twisty, twisty. No, you know, nah, it don't get in there. No, nah, it don't get in there. Thank you, Cam. Come it don't, it don't get in there. Like that. The warm towel. That's like that's that's nah. like taking a shower and, and using just the bar of soap to, to wash up. Like you're just using your hands with the bar of soap. Like you need. Oh, you need let's talk rag. about you it. Need, you, you need, need a rag. the rag. Bro. You need you the need rag, bro. A couple things. You need a rag, or you need a loofah, or the gloves with the exfoliation. Well, what? You gotta agitate the dirt. I don't want to. I don't want to equate the two. It's two different things. I use the rag. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah. I use the rag in the shower. I don't just do straight bar soap. But yeah, man, I I just don't. I think it's because I, I I want stuff of marble up my nose. So just sticking foreign objects <laughs> into myself is Wait, not my. Diet. All right, Tony, Tony, you know, let, you know. Let, let's come back to that in a minute, Russell. No, like, but we what, don't. We, we, we're we're going to go thirty minutes if we start that story right oh, now. Jesus. Let's bring everybody else into the conversation, and then we're going to do a a, a, a sports-adjacent investigation into 
why Tony stuck a marble in his nose, which I assume is not a story from childhood and probably a story from, uh, you know, Friday. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. <laughs> I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host, Russ Dorsey, and our producer, Tony Gill. And we are thrilled today to yeah. have with us from Stadium and Bally Sports, Cameron Smith. Cam, welcome hey, to Sports Adjacent. Westside Cam. Hey, man. You know, <laughs> right down the street from Westside, Eddie Johnson. Westside, Eddie Russ, Johnson. We'll, we'll get to that, man, because we had Eddie Johnson on the uh, on the rally on Bally Sports uh, last Friday. And so it's one thing about somebody from the West Side, man. They're, they're going to let you know how they feel. They're not going to mix their words. It don't matter if they're professional on TV, but especially if you get them into that intimate setting, they're going to let it fly. So Eddie, Eddie Johnson, former Western House grade, played at University of Illinois, you know, Phoenix Suns, is a TV analyst there, played for the Houston Rockets, all of it, just long NBA career. But um, he, he let himself and his feelings and his opinions be known on a multitude of topics from the NBA MVP to how soft players are now to uh, these uh, so-called most skilled players in the NBA. So uh, what's out, Eddie Johnson? Definitely set the tone on the rally. But, uh, yeah, definitely um, it's great to be on on Sports of Jason with you guys, man, and uh, something that I talked to Jason about. And uh, I know. When, he, when, when I when I asked him, he was like, you, you really want to be on the show with us? Like, you know, yeah. why, why us? I'm like, hell right. yeah, I want to be on the show. Y'all, y'all have fun, man. Every right. Here's the time. thing, Cam. Here's the thing. So I, I, Jason, he was just like, yo, um, you know Cameron Smith? And I'm like, do I know Cameron Smith? That's my man. <laughs> like, that's like my play cousin at work. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we gotta have Cam on. Yeah, man. So it's, I don't it's know. Did you guys man. know it's each other at the time this came up, though? Because this came up like during football season. I this is a, a long, long time in the making. Yeah, I've known yeah, Cam for yeah. a minute. Yeah, we I, just I, have I mean, to work together now. Right, right. It just makes it even better now. It's just like, all right, well, y'all don't let us in the dough, so uh, you know what you're about to get. Exactly. <laughs> which I, is, I only which know is great Cam, content. I only know Cam through our uh, interactions, like professionally, uh, when we would be working on the stadium, the weekly television show, which has since been canceled. Uh, and Cam was like, hey, I want to be on Sports Adjacent. And I thought he's just being polite. And so I was like, yeah, OK, oh, sure, Cam. OK, yeah. And he's like, no, I really do. And so I was yeah. like, oh, for real? Like, because if you're serious, we'll we'll make that happen. Like I was I yeah. thought I was kind of calling your bluff, but you were like, no, 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 I want to do it. Nah, man. Every time I see you guys on here with the clips and just watching the show, I'm like, man, these dudes have fun. And plus, obviously, like knowing Russ and then, yeah. you know, as you just mentioned, Jason, you know, we got the professional relationship going. But just, you know, you're a cool guy and I get vibes off of people like that. And then, of course, Tony. Tony is Tony, man. So he's always been good people. So I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. I, I want to be on the show, man, because y'all have fun. Y'all have a great time. So put well, me on. I love that. I appreciate that. That's our philosophy here, really, is for us to have a good time. If we have a good time on here, then... I assume that the listener will have a good time. We also have, uh, you know, some common friends uh, or at least a common friend, because if you're cool with Herb Howard, then I'm probably going to like you. And, I, yeah. and Herb Howard is a friend of the show. Now, you guys kind of overlapped, didn't you? Weren't you playing basketball at SIU at the time? You guys probably know each other from Chicago, too. But didn't you guys overlap at SIU when you were playing basketball, you were playing football? Yeah, so that's that's the interesting thing. So I, I, I first met Herb down at SIU, and um, at the time, his roommate uh, and I were uh, were pledging, 
And so um, some interesting stories there. I'm not going into details. I know statute of limitations <laughs> has passed, but I'm still not doing that because um, you're not about to catch uh, Herb will probably tell those stories on here. Yeah, Herb yeah, right, right, right. All of them. <laughs> but no, man, Herb's always been uh, just one of those dudes that, you know, everybody throws out like, yo, he a real one or he a real dude. But Herb is definitely that, man. I've seen Herb in uh, different situations. And I'm like, yeah, Herb is built different and cut different. man. <laughs> so he's able to, uh, to handle himself in certain situations. But just overall, just good brother, man. And um, known him for years, and I'm just glad of the success, all the success that he's having um, with the bigs and just the, the different platforms that he's appearing on. So, a dude that's just been, you know, we see these guys all the time, right, Jay, that, you know, say one thing if you yeah, want to get into the industry and they find out how much work it is and how much you got to sacrifice and how you got to kind of grow your career. But Herb was a dude from day one that, you know, knew what he wanted to do. And he's made his way, man. He's continuing to grow and build, and he's going to be bigger, a lot bigger than what he is now, man. So, sh- shout out to my man, Herb. Oh, I think so too. And not to do a Herb Howard commercial, but unbelievable <laughs> talent. Like he yes. is someone that you need to know. If you're listening to this right now and you are even the least bit interested in the Chicago Bears, Herb Howard is a guy you need to know. And I, I don't know if I'd say that. There's probably some other people that's true of, but I don't think I'd admit it about anyone else that covers the Bears. Herb Howard is doing things differently and he is an incredibly talented personality. Um, I, I want to get in a friend of the show. He was excellent when he was on our show. We loved having him. Uh, I want to get on to Tony's story about shoving a marble in his nose, but Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles, our partner that we love having. We, we, the reason that we love having these guys, the reason that we love working with Sheets and Giggles is because we can come on here every week and tell you guys these are incredible sheets and it's not BS. Correct. We don't, we don't have to try to sell. Like, believe me or don't, if you order these sheets, you're going to love them. You're going to find these eucalyptus sheets are silky smooth. And here's the thing. They are offering, Cam, you need to try these, man. They are offering 20% off right now for Mother's Day. But like just between us for our show, they're still doing that 23% off deal. So if you go to them through sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, you can get these sheets in time for Mother's Day. If you go on there and order them now, and you can get 23% off. There's some really good colors, man. Your mom is not going to expect this. This is why I think this is a good gift, Russ, because like you can get your mom all these things and I'm going to do something like very basic and boring. I'm going to get my mom like some flowers and some chocolate and a nice bottle of wine or something like same stuff. Everybody gets their, their mom and she's going to hear it on this episode this week and already know. And it's not going to matter because she probably already knows. But like you could surprise your mom with some really, really awesome sheets and it's going to be a unique gift. And she's going to be like, man, this is cool. And there's so many good colors on there. Lavender, pearl. There's this really rich purple color they have that if you got the boldness to go with that, it looks like royalty, man. Uh, Or the French blue stripe. There's 11 different colors of the sheet set. There's duvets, duvet covers and comforters. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. No, you don't even need a promo code. They'll automatically apply the 23% off at checkout. We are Listen, also wow. doing things that's, with, yeah, let me give you a moment to marvel at Sheets and Giggles. Because <laughs> no, that's great. Because, right now because it's pretty No, good. no, honestly, yeah, no, I, I am. And, and it's interesting that you bring that up because my wife and I were just talking earlier about what we're going to do for Mother's Day, like what gifts are we yep. going to get our moms. And so I think all mothers universal do this when their kid kind of, you know, whether they're moving into a dorm in college or get their first apartment or forced house or whatever it is, like they're going to come over with a bedspread, like yep. sheets, 
comforter, pillows, all of those things. Like I'm, I'm up, I'm about to be 37 in July. And my mom still buys like sheets for me and my wife. So um, <laughs> I think the nice flip on it would be to go to sheets and giggles and get her and my mother-in-law some, some sheets for uh, Mother's Day. So I appreciate that. So get your, now get I'm going to some... look like a hero now. Now I'm always going to get your mama some sheets, Cam. Like these are high quality. She can be like, Oh, Cam, what was you doing? These are really good. sheets. <laughs> it's not, it's not the Walmart brand right. that cuts you up at night where you got to put cocoa butter on. This is high quality, high quality sheets. I don't know how it took me to this age to realize that you got to buy like that level of sheets. Because I would normally go to some place like what Russ, men- Russ mentioned, and I'll buy like the nicest ones they've got there. But then yeah. like that's nothing compared to these. I'm telling you, man, these sheets are worth it completely. And you get a pretty good deal with 23% off. Uh, another partner that we're very happy to be doing things with is Connect Roasters, a local Chicago company. I've got a cup right here, Russ, of the uh, Guatemala Santa Clara. Just re- It smells so good. Like, I don't want to go full Tony on this. Like, never go, never, ever <laughs> never. go full Tony. But like, I, I want to take a bath in this. It smells so good. I don't know if that's healthy to do. I don't know if that's a good idea, but it smells so good. And you can get 23% off. They've got blends from all over the world. You can get 23% off at Connect Roasters if you order $30 or more. Load up on your coffee uh, by using promo code ADJACENT23 at connectroasters.com. You can also buy it if you don't like the internet. You can buy it anytime you want at Foxtrot. You can buy it at Dom's Kitchen and Market. And you can buy it at the Obvious Shirt Store near Wrigley Field. Tony, when did you stuff a marble in your nose and why? Ah, it happened to me like two weeks ago. Nah, but um, that wouldn't be shocking. Nobody would totally shot. believe that. No, nobody reacted like you know they were. No, shocked. everybody was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that makes like, sense. Oh, yeah. that, that, that'll be on on brand for just Tony. for content. <laughs> I was uh, I was a child. I was probably maybe around five or six, mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know how it happened specifically, but I know it was up there, and it was like oh right at the point where. How they, you know, do the COVID test now? The marble was like right there. So it was like, like semi-brain, like right. almost to your brain. Right. Got you. Semi-brain. Rubbing against the brain. Right yeah. there. Like okay. I almost had a third eye going. Like for real, for real. Okay. Um, All right. So yeah. how did they get it out is my next question. Oh, I don't think they did. It's still thing? in there. Yeah, Cam, I think it pushed, got pushed up to the brain. Yeah, I think yeah. that's why we don't yeah, answer so many yeah. questions. He's like Iron Man. No, I was, uh, no, no, they, I guess it eventually came out. They eventually got it out. Um, but I was, uh, I was the first child. So my parents were scared to take me to the emergency room. You know, well, you guys get it. Like, you know, Cam, you have a kid. JC, you got a kid. Whereas, like, man, what are they going to call DCFS if I bring him in? Or, yeah. you know, because, I mean, I, they had to take me one time. I, I burned myself on a, on a heater. Oh, and the doctor was like, he burned himself on the heater. Y'all know how those old houses were built with mm, the, the radiators? You know, the radiator, like, right yeah. in plain view. So, um, but yeah, I burned myself on that. They took me uh, there. The doctor was like, hmm. Okay, he burned himself walking backwards. Interesting, but nobody, you know, I'm still my parents. Shout out to them. So, <laughs> all right, right, right. Well, they they just created a file on your parents. That's what you didn't know, and so yeah, probably. You, yeah. That's why they probably didn't want to bring you in with the marble to the emergency room because they knew that was going to be. We don't want to see file. you back in here. <laughs> why do you remember? I know you were five or six at the time. Do you remember why the marble was going up your nose? Well, I was always intrigued by marbles, right? You know, shiny, they got stuff going on, you know, inside okay. them. So, you know, maybe, I don't know what I was thinking at that moment. Maybe, you know, I wanted to just be a marble, you know, and, and inhale and just the marble. 
But I don't know. I, I don't know what five or six year old Tony was was on at that at that time. You feel me? To, you know, stop me. To, to, to be honest, Tony. <laughs> to be honest, like what five six year old Tony was thinking about is probably the same thing. Damn near thirty year old Tony's thirty Tony's thinking about. So like, you know, <laughs> you feel me? You know. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. I will don't take his bit, Russ. I'm, I'm thinking that like five. No, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that five year old Tony looked into the marble and was like, you know, this could be a gateway to another world. So let me just hell this and hell this and take me into like a, you know, I'm not sure on if you guys remember this, uh, but Jason, you might remember because we were around the same age. But the movie uh, Never Ending Story. So Tony wanted to kind of go on a ride with Falcor and Never Ending Story and like inhale the marble and. And save Bastion and all that stuff, and go over <laughs> to a mythical world. So that's what I think was going on with five year old Tony. I mean, with, with with you, Cam and and Jason, both with children, like you, your your child has never accidentally gone into like some type of danger area and, oh, yeah. and, and hurt themselves. Where you're like, man, I don't know what they're gonna, I don't know if they're gonna believe us if we if we bring them in. We might have to take care of this ourselves. Yeah, you know what? Um, my wife is gonna kill me when she hears it, hear me saying this, but there was a time when my son was maybe about one and a half, two, and was mm-hmm. leaning over in his crib and fell out of the crib, like right onto the hardwood floor. At the time, looking back on it, of course, in hindsight, I wouldn't have done this, but my instant reaction was to like start smirking and laughing because <laughs> it was just so it was so random and so funny. It felt like it was something out of like a cartoon. <laughs> Um, and I was laughing. I was laughing because one, I knew he was fine because instantly, like in Jason, you know, this, like if your kid is really hurt, they let out a cry that, you know, that they're in danger. So yeah. when he fell instantly, it was like, you know, bang, bang. He fell. He looked up. He started smiling and it just added to my laughter. My wife, by the way, is freaking out. She's like, why are you laughing? He just fell on the floor. I'm just like, he's all right. You know, he's not crying or anything. So um, but yeah, you know, you, you find your kids getting into uh, curious and interesting things where, you know, that five year old Tony or, you know, that young adolescent Tony mind creeps in and they think they might be superheroes. And you have to come up with these like elaborate techniques a lot of times to be able to do whatever you need to do. Like if one of my kids at that age got a marble stuck up their nose, like I would have to use all four of my limbs to hold them down to be able to somehow get in. Like they will fight you. (laughs) They have surprising strength and they will go right for the eyes. Usually Um, my daughter once when she was probably like three, we were at uh, a ramen restaurant and we were, we were in, uh, we were in downtown middle of London and they were kids were fighting with the chopsticks for the ramen bowls. And she gets a splinter up her palm and this is my, like, I got one kid that's like, if I got to have something medical or if something hurts me or I got to go to the doctor, she's like, let's go do it. And she just like puts it like, <laughs> give me a shot. Let's go. And then, I, and then let me do one back to you. And I got another kid that's like, I don't, I'm afraid of everything. I don't want anything like that. So this kid's immediately, the, the splinter goes up her palm, like parallel with her palm under the Ooh. surface, a big one, like, you know, an inch or two. Uh, and she starts screaming. I'm like, all right, I got to get her out of this restaurant. And so I take her out in the street. I go across the street. This is like dinnertime, downtown London. Luckiest thing in the world. Across the street, there is a uh, like a salon. So you need tweezers. This is a place that's got loads of tweezers. So I go in there. I got this screaming kid. I'm like, just give me some tweezers, please. I take her back out onto the sidewalk, Kim. And I'm sitting there. She's fighting me the whole time. It's like, how am I going to get this splinter out if you keep fighting me? So I lay her on her back on the sidewalk. And I like sit in a way I don't sit on her, but I sit in a way that my legs, both of my legs are out across her 
restraining her. And I'm using my left hand to hold her hand down and my, el- my right elbow while I'm trying to pull this splinter. I'm using my right elbow to fight off the right hand. And I finally get this thing out. And nobody so called I'm, re- the I'm relieved, but that's not a good scene. That's not a good scene if somebody's yeah, no. videotaping, you know, no. dad holds his child down with two legs and an elbow and, a, and his arm. And then so I, we go into this salon, of course, to like return the tweezers. And they've watched this entire thing through the window. <laughs> and I think they've kind of pieced together what happened. So they've got when we go in there, they've got waiting for her a little like uh, gift bag with some nail polish in it because they're like, you were so brave. Nice, nice. I don't know what you. I don't know what year that was, Jason. But you should have won Dad of the Year for that performance, man. Like you get my vote for Dad of the Year because that's amazing to be able to that video. That, that video, however, that quickly. Yeah, right. Well, social yeah. that says abuse. Like nobody gets to ask you, "Hey, yeah, was it a splinter?" Yeah. It's just like, no, he's abusing her. Yeah, that's gonna go badly in court. We're like, were you, yes. sir, were you using your legs? To, were you using the weight of your massive adult legs to hold your child down? I'm like, well, I can't say no to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Was yes, Worldstar around by that time? Huh? Was Worldstar around? Everything was around, Tony. This was like five years ago. I'm not that old. Worldstar been around for that long? So Tony, look, people are not Worldstar like that no more. Tony, look, for, forget that, Tony. 2017, Dad of the Year, Jason Leisure. Give it up. Like, there we go. Thanks. You know, you get my- yeah, that, you buried the lead. <laughs> I, I tell you what, though, like if you take, you know, the optics of that out as a parent, if you can put out that entire fire in like 15 minutes without going good. to the hospital, yeah. that's a pretty good night. And everything just yeah. goes back to normal. We just go back inside the restaurant and eat dinner like it never happened. I mean, that's, that's doing a pretty good job, Kim. I mean, your daughter got a gift bag. She goes back. The splinter's out, obviously. She goes back. She has dinner. Everybody's happy. You can go on with your night. You don't have to spend extra hours in a hospital or an emergency room, especially in London. Yeah, no international hospital. Yeah. That's the oh, last yeah. thing yeah. that you want. Yeah, you don't you. have to explain to them uh, what went down and what happened. So, again, dad of the year, Jason Leisure, 2017. <laughs> I love the irony of, like, it, it's like Curious George. Do you ever read Curious George to your kid? Yeah, yeah. Curious George always gets in some snafu. And it's always because he something he caused. It's always George. George. George is a hero because he wrangled up all the puppies and got them back into the cage. Like who let the puppies out? And every <laughs> book ends with he gets handed the key to the city for his hero for being a hero. <laughs> That's like what happened to my kid here. Uh, guys, I want to get into some NBA here, but uh, I want to do a little. I want to talk a little bit about the Lakers. And John Morant and, of course, the Nets, a lot, lot of drama with the Nets and uh, most of it they signed up for. Uh, before we get into that, I just want to uh, remind you guys again to hit up our buddies over at Connect Roasters. You can get 23% off any order of $30 or more of their coffee. They have whole bean. They got ground coffee. They got single serve if you have a Keurig. If you don't have a Keurig, you can buy one of those little uh, like filters for it. It's like a dollar. It's very easy to put any coffee into there. Really good coffee from all around the world. You can get 23% off your order of 30 or more by using promo code adjacent23. Again, like the, when you open the package that this comes in, I'm telling you, you're going to love just the it's smell great. of it. It's going to make you want to brew a cup right then and there. Uh, John Morant, big shot tonight for the Grizzlies to win that game. Uh, he won Most Improved Player Award, and uh, he is uh, he's looking like one of the emerging stars in the league. I think that he, like how, how much more of a leap or what does he have to do in these playoffs, Russ, to sell you on the idea that he could be an MVP candidate? Well, he's going to get MVP votes already this year. Right. So like we saw the player this entire season that was like, all right, this is an MVP in the future. 
the the thing I need to see from him, obviously he had the game winner, cool, but like he disappeared the previous game, right? Like I can't have my best player have four points going into the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think Carl Anthony Towns learned that same thing in the series. Like you can't disappear. And I'm a man, there's some things with Carl too, like that I haven't liked about his responses and things, the series and, you know, it's not answering a question when people ask you why you're not taking shots and you're supposed to be the leader of the team, neither here nor there. But for Ja, I think he's right there, right? He's already a yeah. top 15 player in the sport. Like you just need to see that consistency. Like you look at what Jason Tatum did to the Nets and we're good to get to them later. Like that's what you want to see from a superstar. Like you can't disappear when the lights are on. So yeah. I, I think Ja learned from it. All these guys will like, these are two young teams in the series, but like, Jaws are like right on the precipice of like perennial greatness. He's just wrapping up his third season. I feel like we're we're not used to waiting for somebody to turn into that. Like they usually show up this way. They usually so it's it's hard sometimes to wrap your head around waiting three seasons or maybe into a fourth season before you start to really see the best of what John Morant can do. But that oftentimes is how it goes. He uh, he wins Most Improved Player as part of that progression, Cam and. Uh, I know that you're upset about that, but I'm not sure why. In which way are you upset about that? Um, biggest reason, just because of what Russ was talking about and what the first topic of conversation of, about Ja was, and that's MVP. So he's getting MVP votes. Um, my thing is that the NBA has to reassess this most improved player award because mm-hmm. in no way, shape, or form should a guy like Ja Morant, a guy that we know that has been built up as the next generational star, superstar, face of the league, all of those things should be in that running for the most improved. And really, Ja helps my argument because he didn't even want the award. Like, yeah, it was a nice (laughs) gesture to give it to his teammate Desmond Bain. But that was basically Ja telling the NBA and Adam Silver, like, what the hell are y'all y'all doing? This is disrespectful. Why should I be winning this award? I'm up for more bigger things. And not to say that the most improved award is, is such little, but when you speak of it in the context of an MVP or maybe even a, a six man or defensive player of the year, like those awards hold, hold more weight than most improved. When, when I think of, of most improved, I'm thinking of a guy that wasn't the number two pick in the draft, had a horrible previous season, um, maybe kind of came off the bench, put up, you know, starters numbers of offensive production wise. Like those are the type of players that I would love to see in a most improved award category. Like Jalen Brunson would have been a phenomenal candidate for most improved Desmond Bain, Josh teammate who Josh gave the award to would have been another great candidate. And he was in the running as well, but those are the names and players that I think about not a guy that is um, the face of a franchise. That's one yeah. of the stars, superstars in the NBA winning that award. So um, that's, that's my thing. And that's why I'm upset with, with Josh winning that because it, it was unnecessary. And it's more so really a slap in the face to who Josh is and what he's been able to do in his three seasons. And then you have a guy like a, a Jordan Poole, right? A guy who was a second round pick and then turned himself into a 20 point per game score and a vital member of a playoff team. That's a guy who's the most improved player, right? Yeah, Even if yeah. you want to say, well, Giannis was, is the face of a franchise. He won it. Yeah. Giannis yeah. took himself from like a dude to a star in the matter of six months. Right. So like somebody like that. And Giannis, once again, was in the lower part of the first round or the middle of the first round when he was drafted. Like this is not a guy that we expect greatness from or expected greatness from when he was drafted out of Greece. So I'm with Cam. 
It's hard to give it to a guy that uh, we had such high expectations of. And like we were, they were talking just a few years ago about Curry. It's a weird award. It really is a weird award. I don't know if the other sports even have something like this because it was a few years ago, several years ago, actually, probably by now. But they were talking about Curry winning MVP and most improved in the same year. And it's like it is weird to give this to a guy that we know to be a star. It is a strange award, Kim. Tony, yeah. what, what do you got? I'm going to disagree with you guys on this one. Uh, and it's like, Cam, you said that is not to belittle the award, but you end up belittling the award. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's, it, it's a Cam general, 100% belittled the award. <laughs> it's a general award for the guy that progressed the most um, from season, from, from the previous season to this current season. And I'm looking at his numbers from last year to this year. He averaged 19 points last year. He averaged 27 this year. He shot around 45% from the field. He shot 50% from the field this year. Like, if that's not improvement, like, yeah, what you guys are making the word out is like expectation. It's an expectation thing, right? It's like, yeah, because it implies like, hey, we thought you sucked, but turns out you don't. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the, the award in its definition, what, the voters seem to acknowledge with this is no, if you make that jump and it's not like if you make that leap into superstardom and statistically, he certainly did. Like, I don't have, I don't see a problem with giving him the award, like the Steph Curry year where they thought he uh, should have gotten both that year that he wanted, he was going stupid crazy. Like he was putting up numbers we've never seen before from, from a guy that size and from a guy, uh, and from doing it in the way that he did it. So for me, I think that it goes to the player who had the the most wild, insane statistical jump uh, from one year to the next. Um, and I think it was John this year. So I don't think it should be – I think it's disrespectful for Desmond Bain to be like – to take that award. Like, no, man, that's not mine. Like, I didn't get voted for this. Like, no. Like, I don't no, know. If, what is he going to No, that's what he said. He said that in the video. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, of course, like Desmond Bain's like, yo, I mean, you know, this was nice, but I'm not going to take like, it. Get his back to 12. If, yeah, if, if, I'm, if I'm Desmond Bain, like, I, I'm 100% keeping that award. Like, yeah, I, I will stay in my crib. I have no shame about that because it should have been my award. And, and you talk about the, the improvement of the numbers, Tony. I think when you have that drastic of an improvement, you leapfrog awards like most improved. Or, you know, like, you know, other little categories mm-hmm. um, and not to say little categories because you said I belittled the award, mm-hmm. but you, you leapfrog, <laughs> you leapfrog most improved when you have an astronomical jump. So I think what this does with Ja winning that award is now you have a precedent set. of OK, if you struggle the year before and you're a star and you come back that next year, then you have a really great chance of winning most improved. So mm-hmm. a guy like Kawhi Leonard, for example, didn't play. Mm-hmm. This season. So if he comes back and in 2021, he averaged 24 points, six rebounds and five assists. If he does better than those numbers, is he up for most improved next season? Should he Don't be they got a comeback a player of the year award? Don't they got a comeback player of the it's year award? That's between those two awards. That's, yeah, I was going to say that's 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 in the in NFL, right? Like comeback. That's baseball. Year, so. Baseball has comeback player of the year, too. OK. Because so here's my thing, Tony. Here's my rebuttal. My back him. I was um. I was gonna say, if you look at Desmond Bain, if since we're talking about these two dudes, he basically had the similar jump. It just he went from nine points a game to almost nineteen points a game. Mm-hmm. Was one of the best three point shooters in, in basketball and shot ninety percent from the line. Like, and this is a guy that most people didn't know about before this year. 
Because I think I think it has to be this way because when you give it to somebody that fits what you guys deem as the better fit, like it doesn't like say, oh well, we're gonna give this. This is a non Hall of Fame. We thought you suck award. Like you can't have that being the narrative. Like the NBA should probably talk to John. Like man, don't be we. Don't be belittling our awards, bro. Like, come on now. We like we can't have that narrative going around the NBA. Like, come on, get that award and, and keep it in your house. And we're gonna do an exclusive, and that award better be in your house. <laughs> you, you don't want to demean. Like, I don't know if you guys are subconsciously doing it, but you're demeaning the, this award. It's a award yeah. that they vote but on, that they give to an, a professional it's not a cool NBA award. player. It's, not cool. it's, it's also demeaning to Ja, though. Like, I mean, you're telling me that you know I, what did I suck last year? I'm most improved like i mean i know my numbers are better but no, you are doing that you all are doing but that. that but that's that's the that's the, I'm that's not the saying he's garbage no i'm not saying that no by, uh, by no means but this the, there's that energy when it comes to most improved like most improved is just like you know you had a bad season before you've got better been in the lab whatever it is but that's just kind of the that's the narrative i've always seen yeah. with kind of like most improved or um uh, any other kind of war that's out there that's along those same categories. Like, it's just Tony, like, mm. Tony, it sounds like an award you'd give on like a nine and 10 year olds team to like the kid that came in and couldn't put his shorts on the right way <laughs> and then made one basket in the final game. Like, oh, Jimmy, you're most improved. Congratulations, buddy. Here's your ribbon. It doesn't, yeah, it's not a cool sounding award, but the, all like, the he's not going right. to put this up but, in his house and he's not going to like when MTV Cribs comes through be like, Oh, let me take you oh right, right to where the magic happens. Here's my most improved player award right above the bed. Obviously he's got bigger aspirations, right? He wants to win an NBA championship. He wants to be an MVP, but all the narratives that we're putting on that award, the NBA isn't doing that. The writers aren't doing that. They're not putting that, uh, that asterisk next to the award, like, okay, we're only going to give it to a certain type of player. They can't be an NBA star. They can't, we're excluding the top tier of the NBA from the award. They're not doing that. They're looking at yeah. the numbers and saying, who made that leap? Who made that jump from year to year that we saw? It, it had to be Ja. Like, Ja was made, was, uh, is a uh, uh, must-watch guy his, his entire career so far. But this year, he took the world by storm, and he wasn't the MVP. He didn't make the NBA Finals. Uh, I mean, the NBA uh, finalist for MVP. Um, this is like this is a good award. I don't see what's wrong. Yeah. I, I guarantee you this, though, Tony. Going forward, Adam Silver and what the NBA is going to do is now understanding that Ja didn't want that award, and mm-hmm. the narrative that was out there about that. I guarantee you, they're not going to put anybody kind of similar that is in a star or superstar status and have them as one of the front runners or award winners for that. It's going to be to a guy like, to Russ's point, like a Desmond Bain or a guy like Jalen Brunson that I brought up. You're not going to see a star superstar's name in that most approved award category going forward because now it's, you know, you don't want that back to back years of like, let's just say, um, you know, if, Carl Anthony Towns, for example, Russ's guy wins most improved next year. <laughs> it's like, why is Carl Anthony Towns yeah. winning most improved? You know, I don't think that they're going to do that going forward. They're going to give it to a guy that either one off the bench or is, is some kind of uh, role player that improved with their numbers, not a, a, a star or a face of a franchise or a really kind of face of the NBA getting that award. Cam, never in my life have I been as fascinated by a really bad team as I've been fascinated by the Lakers this season. And we have the concurrent dramas of 
what's really happening with the Lakers. And we've been watching winning time like crazy on HBO. I don't know if you've gotten into that, but there's like these dramas are intermingling where you have like, you have this dramatic TV show, you have the drama going in within the organization. You have these former players complaining about winning time. And I've got a little bit of all of that in my Lakers update, by the way, Um, magic Johnson was on ESPN this past week talking about how this is on LeBron as Tony has brought up before for choosing Russell Westbrook over DeMar DeRozan and Colin Cowherd was on the radio talking about how, you know, that was like a Lakers ploy. That's like Jeannie Buss sending her guy in there to try to get some of the blame off of management and onto LeBron. But it is, I mean, it is true that LeBron, if they'd wanted DeRozan, if LeBron had wanted DeRozan, they would have ended up getting DeRozan who wanted to be there, I think. Um, And it just keeps, it begs this question, Cam, that we keep debating on here as good as LeBron is, and I think he's still going to be good for a while. I don't see him. This doesn't look like tapering off in his individual game. It keeps posing this question of like, what's it worth to you to have LeBron James on your team? Um, I would say a lot. If you're thinking about other franchises that, you know, are out there that may try to woo LeBron since he made the statement basically that, you know, he wants Bronny in the NBA and he's willing to go anywhere that Bronny goes, whatever team drafts him, he's willing to go right. there. So um, any franchise, if you think about like the Oklahoma City Thunder or hell, even the Sacramento Kings, like the Sacramento Kings would welcome LeBron and roll out the, the King James Royal carpet for him and his son because they know what that means in terms of attendance wise, um, advertising, marketing dollars, like all of those different things. Like you can have spinoff restaurants for Bronny and Bron, like, you know, Bronny's barbecue ribs or, you know, Bronny and Bron's barbecue ribs, <laughs> something like that, you know? So it's like one of those things that um, no matter how long he's in the NBA and you said, uh, Jason, you don't think that he's slowing down, that he can continue this. And I, I see it as well, um, depending on what happens with these injuries, as we keep seeing the past couple of seasons, really, how those ankle injuries kind of start to add up and he's missing a significant amount of games. But um, besides all that, again, if you're a Sacramento or an OKC or a Detroit or any just one of these just like bottom feeding NBA teams, you would welcome LeBron James and Bronny on your team. Now, not to say that you would have a chance of having LeBron break Kareem's record in your team's uniform. I don't think that's going to happen. He's going to do that next season with the Lakers. Like that's already been mapped out and planned out, but still to have him finish out his career and have those final moments of LeBron in a Kings Jersey, like that will live on forever because that's a part of the LeBron James story. That's a part of his, his legacy. So, um, It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, what's even more fascinating is that we know at some point he's leaving the Lakers, and when he leaves them, they're going to be in trouble because they don't have a reliable replacement to take over that throne and lead that franchise. I hate to say it because he's a Chicago guy, and I'm a Chicago guy too, but Anthony Davis is not built like that to take over that mantle um, for the Lakers. So it's going to be interesting. He's hard to, see to who defend they can get right at. now. He's, it's hard yeah. to defend Anthony yeah. Day, not not in a basketball sense. It's not, but in a yeah. in a uh, roster building sense. Russ, you look you look like you smelled something horrible. Like a <laughs> I did in your apartment. <laughs> I when did smell something horrible. Like you what? heard Cam say, LeBron gave you the the visual image of LeBron in a Kings jersey. I'm smelling those <laughs> nasty sentences that Cam just said because it's the truth. Like <laughs> listening to him say, you know, have LeBron play in a Kings jersey. Ugh. That's nasty. Or Bron on the Magic. Ugh. Like, that's (laughs) disgusting. Um, But, hey, this is – we know it's going to happen. At the same time, like, that's why I come come on this podcast every weekend. Like, yo, if you're management 
I don't care if LeBron's here or not. LeBron's not going to be here forever. And so we should probably start trading guys like Anthony Davis. Like, it sounds insane, but at the same time, this dude don't even play for us most of the time. And he has the most trade value on the team besides LeBron. And LeBron's not going anywhere. So let's figure this out. He's the guy you got to trade because you're not going to be able to trade Westbrook. Um, no. A couple other things from the Lakers, Russ, that I know, and I assume I assume any day now we're going to hear that Westbrook is cashing in that $47 million player option, and I said. hope he does. I yeah. hope he does. Like I couldn't yes. imagine allowing someone not to do that. You have to do that. Uh, Jerry West is 83 years old, but he's still mad about winning time and said that, quote, it made us look like cartoon characters, which is kind of true. Uh, and he says that he will take his complaint about winning time, quote, to the Supreme Court if necessary, which sounds like something a, uh, a crazy person would yell because I don't think that's going to happen. Or his always... character on the show would do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sounds exactly. like something that's... a cartoon version of him would do. Yeah, that, that, that is on brand for uh, winning time Jerry, Jerry West. But it, it, it says it before every single episode that this is a dramatization. Correct that the actions or scenes or storylines are not based on fact. So, um, and speaking of winning time, I am caught up. So I, before I jump on the show, I finished up the episode to catch me up and I'm, I'm ready for uh, the next episode that's coming up this Sunday. So um, yeah, I'm all caught up, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a dramatization, man. Like, I mean, this is not going to taint your career, your legacy. Like you're the freaking logo of the NBA. Like, do you think winning time is going to, have Adam Silver remove you as the logo of the NBA? Like it's not going to happen. And this is what I this is what I told them last week, Cam. I'm like, that's like somebody making a dramatization of our lives and asking you and Tony and Jason what was Russ like, and then them just like using that without talking to me. It's just like you know what, whatever. At the end of the day womanizer yeah. uh, i mean you're, show. you're not you're not helping yourself with your with your shirt unbuttoned russ like, you, know, <laughs> Damn. you got you know you don't have it's this not, like, it's not a visual shirt, platform but russ is wearing like a very nice unbuttoned. he's wearing a very nice dress shirt but he uh doesn't seem to know how the buttons work on it at all i'm in the private we're getting a my lot of russ on the video you're not, but you're not though you don't know you're not, not how though. are you how do you possibly think you're in the privacy of your own home i'm, I'm literally we're looking in the at home. you we're looking at you. literally <laughs> out to the internet right now. I saw like, it. We, we went over this whole thing with Tony about Zoom. See, that's dramatization. That's not real. That's not based on facts. He just every week Russ is in here in some kind of half a shirt. Russ, Russ, mentally and wardrobe wise, right now is in South Beach. Like this is South Beach Russ right now that we're getting with the the shirts unbuttoned, like the chains out. Like this is what we see every day at the United Center and the stadium offices. Is Russ <laughs> is just HR like? Involved? Oh my gosh! Like this is this is an everyday thing. So I'm glad that you guys see this. Um, but you know. Again, this is not a dramatization. This is this is real Russ. <laughs> no, it's not. You know what? I'm going to I'm, me and Jerry West going to Supreme Court. <laughs> how, how long before he just comes in shirtless for one of these? Because he's been close to it before. I mean, I, I won't be appearing on like, uh, Sports Adjacent for that. No, 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 no. I don't say we do that, Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, like we, yeah. We, we Let's just like all do it. Like a show punishment or something. Like if we, you know, we do something like whoever had the worst record in picking games during the football season, that person, that next, that the worst person has to do the whole show shirtless. We, I wouldn't try. You know, you know me, Tony. I don't care. I'll do it. <laughs> we don't need to steal everything from the Levitard show. Just a couple of things, okay? Well, I look well, how, good. How, I don't look good. Well, 
one more thing on the winning time thing, but maybe sure. they could talk about Jerry West and how he's going to the Supreme Court and all of that. See, this is why Magic Johnson was a point God because he foresaw this happening and even came out with his own documentary on Apple right. TV. So he's like, I'm not about to waste time to go into the media and do all that stuff and go to Supreme Court. I'm going to tell my story. That's not a dramatization. And maybe Magic, you know how Magic gets when he's telling stories. You know, he gets super excited and laughs and kind of, you know, embellishes a little bit. But he's like, I'm going to take my narrative and make my own story and put it out on Apple, t- Apple TV um, and, and do it that way. So uh, maybe Jerry firmly, took a cue from, from Magic. I firmly believe everything about Magic on that show. <laughs> on Winning Time, not on, <laughs> on, on the Apple time. show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Winning Time. Yeah. Ba- I, I firmly believe Magic was a wild boy. <laughs> Baby Listen, Will. That- the 80s was a different time, man. It's a different time. I have one more Lakers note that I came across, by the way, and this one's just kind of entertaining to me. Uh, Russ, do you remember we were doing a show, whatever night it was, they were playing with the risk, with the possibility of elimination. They were playing the Suns. If they lost the game, they were going to be out. Uh, Lakers TV analyst, so one of their in-house people, Stu Lance, was caught on a hot mic saying to a producer, SOSDD, which I didn't know was – a shortened version of same old different day. Uh, get this over with. Put us out of our misery. Fair. That that leaked on the YouTube stream. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I want to get into the Nets, and this is really the meat of the conversation I want to have with the NBA playoffs and everything that's happened. The Nets got swept, and I can't I can't say I expected them to get swept when you got Durant and Irving. I thought they'd put up a little more of a fight, but you certainly can't be surprised that they lost to Boston. Um, I don't know what you do if you're the Nets right now, because if Kyrie's clear to play the whole season and everything, then you know I think I like Kyrie and Durant for next year, but you need more than that. And I don't know how you get a third piece when you're stuck, when you're stuck with Ben Simmons, $114 million over the next three seasons. He was the third piece. They believe they firmly, they firmly believed he was the third piece. How how could they possibly have believed that? Because, and I want to get into a separate conversation about Ben Simmons here in a few minutes, but first just basketball wise with the Nets, Cam, when they made that trade, I'm sitting there thinking the the Sixers have been trying everything they could to unload this guy. Yeah. They've been trying. They've been calling everyone. Can we get? Can we pawn Ben Simmons off on you? Can we get Ben? Yep. And yeah. somehow, <laughs> somehow they call Brooklyn in the middle of the season and say, 
hey, how about this? How about we send you Ben Simmons and you send us maybe your best player or one of your really good stars? Like, why don't you just send us a megastar in exchange for Ben Simmons, who we can't get to play? And we don't know if he's good, even if he does play. And Brooklyn took the deal. Like, I can't sit here and say, wow, who, you know, you can't blame Brooklyn. That one really blew up on him. How did you not see that coming? I mean, that that never made sense why they would do that. And especially given that Harden's contract, I think he's got a player option for next year. Like you would have been opted into. If you wanted him out, if you wanted to move on from him, you could have just waited one more. You could have given it another go next season with Kyrie for the full season and then just let Harden walk and try to sign somebody. Well, that's why I say that um, the Brooklyn Nets, let me correct myself. I was going to say they got fleeced, but they kind of honestly put themselves in this position because they took Ben Simmons. And this is the weird thing about this whole Simmons to Brooklyn and and hard going to Philly is like, this is the NBA, right? Like everyone knows everybody, whether it's player wise front office, they have these relationships as much as everybody's trying to, you know, gain the most assets and get the best players on the team. There's some kind of working relationship that these organizations have on a personal, Mm -hmm. but also a professional level. I'm confused with Brooklyn and their front office team, their experts, their, their doctors, how they didn't vet Ben Simmons and really dive into his physical ailments to know that he wouldn't be available for this group. Right. And and I've been always of the thinking that he's been healthy, right. Um, To the sources that I've spoken to with Ben Simmons, um, especially when it got closer to the playoffs and when the playoffs started, because when I did uh, the uh, inside the association playoff preview with Sean Sharania on stadium, Shams broke the news that, you know, Ben Simmons would be available between Mm -hmm. games four and six. And this is before the series started. So now him saying, okay, well, he had a setback or he tweaked his back or he just didn't feel right. It it, it just felt all performative. Um, And it's really just been something that has been frustrating and just kind of mentally confusing of why Brooklyn will put themselves in this position, knowing that, Kyrie hasn't been there. He's been a part-time player all season. Kevin Durant had the MCL sprain, like all of those different things. So it's just it's, it's just weird uh, how Ben Simmons was able to get over to Brooklyn and really have them suffer even more. Because last time I checked, Philly is still in the playoffs, and they have a good enough chance to make it to the second round past Toronto. We'll see what happens. It's disappointing. The Nets made their bed. They're obviously laying it, or had to lay it in. They got swept. And – They thought that Ben Simmons was going to correction. They thought that having letting Ben Simmons play with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant would make him want to play basketball. It did not. That's the fact of the matter. If he was healthy enough to play in game four, five, and maybe even six, he was healthy enough to play in game three when they really needed him. When that series really, really turned, if they got a win. Don't wait until we're down zero to three. Now it's convenient for you to be like, nah, man, my back, my mental's f***ed up. Now, when the pressure's on again, like the last time we saw you in the playoffs a year ago, now it's like, nah, I can't I can't even do it. Because games one, two, and three, you're on the sideline dressed, dressed like Captain Crunch for everybody to see you, right? And then when the pressure's on in game four, after it's announced that you're not going to play, now you're not. we can't even find you in the arena. You didn't even show up for your teammates. Yeah. Yeah. Russ, this is a tough conversation to have because, well, for starters, if you look at Ben, if you take Ben Simmons at his word, even most of this time he's been out was just because he was mad at the Sixers. If you take him at his word at what he says, 
Then the mental health thing comes up when the Sixers are trying to get him to practice. Then it, the back injury comes up and the mental health injury come, and the mental health issue comes up. It is really discouraging to be sitting here and trying to figure out whether somebody's mental health situation is real. And we've come a long way, particularly with athletes, as far as understanding that. And I, I always err on the side of athletes want to play. They want to play. I don't believe that somebody's soft, that they don't want to play on an in, my My instinct is to say that guy plays for a living. He wants to play. He's hurt. He can't help it. Mental health issue can't help it. But yeah. when the thing, when the circumstances around Ben Simmons, look, you know, once we create this potential loophole, somebody's going to take advantage of it. Somebody's going to exploit that you can use mental health. You can yep. call in sick, for example, and you can use men this mental health explanation as your reason. And I'll still sit here as, as questionable as all this looks with Ben Simmons. I will still sit here and say, there's a chance he's, this is legitimate. I want to give him that benefit yep. of the doubt as a person, but the circumstances around which this came up have been advantageous to him. You compare this, for example, to Simone Biles stepping out of the Olympics for mental health reasons. Why would she want to do that? There's no reason in the world she would want to do that. She'd have no motivation. It's the exact opposite. If she's stepping out of that, I believe her. When Ben Simmons is using it, I shouldn't even say using it. I don't. I still don't feel comfortable doing this. But when Ben Simmons is bringing that up at a time when it's very advantageous to him, not only when Philly was trying to get him to play, but now when Brooklyn was trying to get him to play, you can't help but question that. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the thing with, if you guys remember when the trade happened, I believe it was the, the next day or a couple of days later, Ben Simmons was practicing with the Brooklyn Nets, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to um, just kind of categorize or group people in to say, okay, well, if they're saying they're going through a mental health situation, then they're, they're just weaponizing it. And not to say that you're doing that, Russ, but the examples that we're seeing from Ben Simmons and really just him really kind of being his own worst enemy, right? You know, when he's saying that he doesn't want to practice because he's dealing with his mental health issues, but then when you get traded to Brooklyn, now you're able to practice all of a sudden, right? Or when you're starting to get ramped up, and that was a word that I hated hearing because everything about Ben Simmons leading into the playoffs for Brooklyn was that he's ramping up his workouts. He's ramping up his, his reps. He's now playing three-on-three. Three. He's now playing 505 in controlled environments. Now that's having people being led to believe that, okay, he's, he's ready to go. When the playoffs start, he'll be available. And going back to my point about um, Shams news about him being available for games four through six that he could be possibly playing in those games. Now, when your team is down Oh two or Oh three, ah, nah, you know what? I'm good. I don't think I should be thrust into this situation because I'm not sure on how my back will be able to hold up or, or hold up. Uh, but my thing is if you're going through mental health, if you have a situation like that and you need time away, take the time away, just take the time away. Don't practice. You've been traded. Take the time away. Come back the next season or whenever you feel that you're mentally strong enough to handle the rigors of being a professional athlete. Cam, if you if you were describing the same situation with the back with, say, Kyle Lowry and you said Kyle Lowry's coming back from a back injury, he's trying to get it going again and then he practices and it looks good. And then next day his back flares up on him. You'd believe him. Yeah. You say, well, Kyle Lowry, there's nothing that would ever make me think Kyle Lowry would use that as an excuse. When you lay this out in the context of everything we've seen from Ben Simmons for the past year, including refusing to come and practice, it's 
it's hard. It's very hard to just assume that's yeah. a legitimate injury, even though that's kind of my default with athletes. Go you ahead. Can, you can expand it to his whole career, right? Like yeah. what what he did at LSU. Like he wasn't a team player. He was looking out for what's best for Ben Simmons. Um, his relationship with uh, Australian uh, basketball. He said he was going to play on multiple occasions and then just didn't show up. Like, I mean, he has a history of this. Is that it's something that I don't think is being discussed on a, on a larger scale is this isn't just a, what happened in the last one year or two years. This has been Ben Simmons, his whole basketball life of, I don't know, just being, it, it, it has a sense of spoiledness to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Entitlement. Um, yeah. Entitlement. 100%. Right. And if I can't come back to hero and I don't want to come back at all because like it looked bad from the net standpoint in terms of where they were in the series. Like, and it, also look at it. And I'm glad you brought out, uh, you brought up uh, the report that Shams made because I always like Shams is pro- is really accurate with what he reports. Yeah. Like he rarely misses, if ever misses yeah. on on anything. So I'm like, okay, who told him that? Right? That's what, that's where my brain went. And I'm like, of course it would help out the Nets, but also wouldn't serve the Nets if that report came back as, well, now nah, now that they now that the game is over, I don't think that he's going to play. That wasn't the Nets giving. Uh, that didn't come from the Nets. That had to come from Ben Simmons's camp saying yeah. that, hey, I'm going to be ready for game four because they're going to be there and I'm going to come there and be the, the the final missing piece to get them over the top. And then once the series looked bleak, then he – like that has to – the Nets have to be like, what What do we just do? And, yeah. it, and on top of that, like it's not really the Nets. Like Kyrie and KD are running that thing. Like they're trying this new age all-player thing uh, where they get to pick the coach, they Player get to century. pick the roster. Like <laughs> – I, I tweeted out yesterday. I was like, man, whoever, to all you young players that's excited about this player empowerment movement, like, don't get it twisted. Some of y'all going to sabotage your own careers by, yeah. <laughs> by with this player empowerment movement. So I'm not saying that players shouldn't dictate where they want to go. I think there should be some give to the players. But as we're seeing it now, we're seeing the other swing of that with Ben Simmons. Like, He's going to ruin his own career, and it's going to be 100% his fault. Bro, uh, here's my thing, Tony. Like, everything you're saying makes sense. The other side of that is, why do they Why do they come out during the game yesterday and say, well, why defend him? Right? They have zero reason to defend him at this point. Why come out and say, uh, Ben Simmons wasn't here because uh, his back was flaring up, and so that's why he was. No, because when he was dressing like Captain Crutch the whole week, Hmm. It's it's oh look Ben Simmons is here he might be coming back game four he could be he it looks like he'll come back and then when you really needed him if you're really gonna support your team yeah we're down 0-3 my back's messed up I'm not gonna play you're not even gonna show up well and, Russ the and, reason and they defend in your building it's not like they were in yeah. Boston where it's like all right fans gonna be giving it to him don't right. even come out here Ben you're in your building. And you and can't reason, be seen. The reason they defend him, including Kyrie Irving, the reason they would defend him is three years, $114 million. They're stuck exactly. with him. Exactly. He's going exactly. to be around. So whether you're management or the coach uh, or Kyrie Irving, like this is going to be your coworker for the next three years. This is an untradeable contract. I still can't believe that Brooklyn took this, that they took Ben Simmons, yeah. even if they felt like, okay, we've maxed out what we can do with this group. We got to change something. Like that's not the change to make. And they're still trying to hold on to the thought or the fact that maybe, you know, 
things are going to turn around and, you know, Ben Simmons is going to become this player that we, that we traded for. Right. Um, and, and here's another point that I'm not sure if people have been talking about this a lot with this, but I've had back spasms before, like in high school, my junior year of high school playing basketball mm-hmm. and it is unbearable. So I know what it feels like to sit down in a chair and just be uncomfortable. When I was seeing him sitting, when he was, you know, dripped out and he was fly, I give him that. Looked like Captain Crunch. Yeah. Call him the Riddler, whatever you want to do it. But he was all of those things. But my thing is, if your back is bad and it's agitating you, it's not ready, why would you sit on the bench for that amount of time when you could be okay. getting treatment or be laying down or doing something different? Doing so laying in a hyperbaric chamber, something like that, right? As opposed to be as opposed to sitting on the bench where you're not clapping you're not encouraging anybody you're not like a big rah-rah guy he's never been that and to tony's point he's always been a selfish dude um and that was just something that was in my mind um seeing him sit on the bench another thing is a good friend of mine brian Crawford, who uh used to write for slam and did a lot of things uh, covering the uh the bulls when he was in chicago he sent out this tweet like three years ago and he said that ben simmons is not in love with basketball like he doesn't love the game he's more so in love with the lifestyle that comes with being an NBA player. Like Tony money, says that all the time. The fame, mm-hmm. Like all of those things. Like he's in love with that part. He doesn't love the work ethic. He doesn't love the sacrifice of being challenged, of, of losing and having to go back into the lab and work on his game. Like you've seen those things from him. And there's a history of that. Like he is, for all my people that play spades out there, like he is a consistent reneging player like you don't want to play with somebody that reneges and that is ben simmons defined right there as a basketball player or if we were playing spades he reneges and why do you want to be or be teamed up or play with a guy that does that where you can't trust their word or you can't trust anything that they're going to do because you know they're going to go back on their word and not be loyal to you jason when this trade was made months months back i said over under 10 games that yeah, Ben Simmons will play. I, I and, 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 I took the, and I took the under. I didn't think he wouldn't play one game. Like that's that's I thought he would play less than 10, but I didn't think he would play zero. If the over under was one half, you would have still yeah. won on the under. That's insane, man. Speaking of gambling, Cam Cam is coming. I don't think I mentioned this, but Cam is coming to us from Vegas. And Cam Smith, family man, has described his time in Vegas as working. Watching HBO in his room and doing our show. I like that, Cam. Cam's just uh, playing it safe. Don't let Cam. Don't get in any yeah, trouble. Nah, I don't want anybody to hear bullshit, anything. Cam. Oh, man. That's a grown man like that bullshit, Cam. My time has passed, fellas. I am soon to be 37 in July. I have a wife that we'll be celebrating seven years of marriage together in June. I have a five-year-old son. My time has passed. So what I'm doing is I'm working. If I'm not working, I'm in my room. I got my laptop, or if I'm going out to dinner with my coworkers, that's about it. I don't live Cam the lifestyle of a Russ <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, no. no! I see Cam out, man. This the Cam ain't shit, man. Cam give this whole PC. I'm a family man. Answer, so it looked good on the tape. Listen, don't let don't let Russ fool you. Like Russ, just, <laughs> he was in Vegas right now. He wished that we could swatch switch bodies and switch places oh, so yeah. we can be in Vegas right now and <laughs> oh, be like living it up, like hangover style. Like that's what Russ wants. But I'm, I'm not, Russ I'm not like, built like Russ. Russ is the guy that would be really fun to go to Vegas with. 
Yeah. Cam is Cam is the guy that I probably should go to Vegas. Yeah. With. Yeah. Yeah. If you have if you have somebody at home that you love, He's got a lot on the line. Offer. Yeah. Yeah. I can't I can't risk it all. But if, you know, if I was if I was Russ and I was getting it like Russ if, and I was in Vegas, oh, I I wouldn't even be doing this show right now if I was in Vegas if I had Russ Dorsey's <laughs> lifestyle. Like I would be in these streets. Like Russ, Russ is Russ is for the streets, and you're gonna see it this summer in Chicago. Like Russ is for the streets. You know, Cam Smith, you know Cam Smith is not for the streets. Cam Smith is for his wife and his. Son. Cam Smith is home watching Daniel Tiger. Hey, you know what's right. messed up? Cam, Cam giving his whole. You know, I went to uh, Cirque du Soleil, saw a really nice show, had a nice dinner on the strip, came back to the hotel. But Cam, no, if I put the bat signal up in the city, you know what Cam gonna be with me? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, to prevent you from smacking Tony, let's go to our favorite segment, <laughs> Calling Bullshit. And it, guys, before Tony hits the button on this, like, everybody can't do Ben Simmons, okay? Hit it, Tony. <laughs> this is Bullshit. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with Bullshit. High-quality Bullshit. <laughs> World-class designer bullshit, to be sure. Bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. And what comes out is bullshit. Cam, I Call Bullshit is a weekly segment we do where I think the intro pretty well explained it. The intro is one of Tony's better pieces of work since he's been working on this show. Uh, I Call Bullshit is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can get 23% off applied automatically at checkout if you go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. It's going to, you put it in the cart, it's going to automatically apply the 23% off promo code. You don't need to enter anything. You're good to go. These are static free, 100% eucalyptus sheets, silky smooth, perfect for summer. I, I've had them on all winter and, and and been very happy with them, but they're really good for summer because they keep you cool. They don't get too hot. When you're trying to sleep, I like it nice and cool when I'm trying to sleep. Uh, they got 11 different colors in the sheets. Uh, great idea for Mother's Day. Also, by the way, they're coming out with a mattress. And I'm inclined to what? think the mattress is going to be good because the sheets have been so good. I don't think they're going to do anything halfway over there. So the mattress is not out yet, but it will be eventually. Until then, you can go on and get these great sheets and you can get 23% off if you go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A. Russ, who would you like to? Yes, Tony. I don't know if you saw Russ's face when you said they had the mattress. It felt like Russ already had ideas and plans for, for what he wants to do with that That is a dramatization by Tony Gill because, Tony, I just spit a grip on the mattress I got right now, so I'm not looking to purchase another mattress at time. So. I like the idea of Tony doing Russ's ad reads for the Sheets and Giggles mattress. Eas- easily supports three, maybe even four people. Uh, Cam, do you have a, a your bullshit, please? get Please, help. Listen, you, you are you are really living this Jerry Buss, Dr. Jerry Buss lifestyle. Stop it. No, Dr. Jerry, don't, just, don't say that because I saw the last episode of Winning Time and Dr. Jerry Buss was a wild boy. Now, and that's not me. Now, Russ. I'm, now, Russ. I'm a consensual You know, voice. you know, and I can kind of guess I'm a consensual from your lifestyle <laughs> that you don't cry yourself into some things. Oh, no. Like, I, I, I know I'm, I don't weaponize emotions, Cam. Absolutely not, man. I'm a good dude. 
I'm a good dude, man. Absolutely no, not. But that, yeah, Doctor Doctor Jerry Bus was. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah, that, god! That previous episode was like, I'm like, oh really? You're going that route? Okay, Doctor Bus, you're a wild boy. But <laughs> anyway, oh my gosh. Anyway, anyway, I I did Jason and we we talked about this. We were texting back and forth about my pick for uh for bullshit. Yeah. Um, and I had it, but then I was just reminded of something else that really pissed me off. And it continues to piss me off every time that I take a flight and we land. And I tweeted this out earlier this week. I took a picture and you know how when the flight lands and, you know, the little ding dong goes off and people Mm -hmm. take off their seatbelts and it's always a line of people that stand up in the aisle (laughs) waiting for the door to open Oh, yeah. And some people that are all the way back into like aisle 25, they're standing up and waiting. Like there's this mad rush to get off the plane when we're all going to the same place. And I get it that some people, you know, they didn't check a bag and they just had to carry on. They're going to be on their way or they have a rush trying to make a connecting flight. But for the most part, a lot of people are just going to baggage claim and they're in a rush to go nowhere. So like I call bullshits on people that stand up in the aisle and just stand there and wait and wait mm-hmm. and wait. Just like, sit down, bro. Where are you going? You're not going anywhere. So you're not even offended by the person in row 27 moving ahead of you. You're offended by oh. how, how nonsensical it is. You're calling bullshit on those people thinking that they're saving some kind of time when you're going to be standing right next to them at baggage claim waiting for the bags either way. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. And I always do this. I when I see that one person that's either a row ahead or a row behind me that was such in a rush, I just like turn and look at them and I ask them this one question. Oh, the bags haven't come out yet. Man, I don't know what's taking so long. Like, wow. I saw a lot of people were in a rush. I don't know what they were rushing for because the bags are still here, knowing that that person was one of those people that stood up still, or still tried waiting. to jump in damn. front of me. Still waiting, try to jump oh, in front of me. Damn, they and still get ahead here and yet. they're not going anywhere. Like, damn, they still ain't here yet. Man, I don't know why people were rushing. Like this show, I, I, I have been fails. delighted in this show to see how much I have in common with Cam Smith because <laughs> one time in the past six months, sometime when I was traveling somewhere for football, I I clocked it. I clocked. I like registered Ooh. the guy that had walked ahead of me, or that had like come from row whatever to get off the plane before me, and I like all right, green hat, you know, black jacket, whatever. I'm on the parking shuttle with that guy at O'Hare. And I see, and I'm, I see him, and I'm like, oh, in my mind, I, I mean, I don't have the guts to actually start a fight on the parking shuttle, but I'm kind of sitting there like, oh, all that. Look at us, look at us see sitting across each from other. each other right. on the same shuttle. All that effort, and we ended up all that time you saved, bro, bro. <laughs> so if you're one of those people, please stop. Just stop doing it. Just don't do it anymore. Like it doesn't make any sense. So I'm. I, that, I fly that's not going to land. That message no. is not going to land. We sit here and agree with you, but air travel is like air travel brings out the worst in people. Oh, 100 percent. Like, I mean, the, the, the stand and wait is undefeated. Like when I get back to Chicago and it, the flight lands, I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to tweet it. But like, here we go again. Like the stand and wait is undefeated. So the next time you guys are oh, yeah. flight, take a picture. So yeah, we got to shame this one. Yeah, we got to shame. We, we got to shame. Him. That's, that's the, that's only, the way. only way. That's the only way you stop people from doing it. That's the only way. I agree. Rush, you're looking like you're I one of those people. That. No, you're I'm not. Like I'm not. I'm oh, not. He probably sits toward the front. He probably doesn't have to. I'm well, a, true, ex, no, I'm, a, I'm a, stop it. I'm an exit yeah. row guy. And so I'm chilling. I, so I'm usually in the middle of the plane, the exit row. You don't have to get up. You'll get out and add a good time. 
as you guys mentioned, the bags are going to get there at the same time. So <laughs> mine is usually like, I'm just got to go to the bathroom. That's why I want to get off the plane. But it's just like, because I, oh, I have okay. a thing with, I have a thing with airplane bathrooms. It's neither here nor there. Different story for another day, but yeah. They're not great. No. no. Keep words of the wise. If you're going to use the bathroom on the airplane, do it as soon as you get on. Like, especially if you're on. Yeah, do it before it takes off. Before, <laughs> if you're the first on one person. First boarding groups clean. or whatever, like yeah, like do it early. Don't don't wait. Don't wait. That was a great piece of advice that I got from a friend a while back. So Thank I always you for thought passing that along. I always thought the airplane bathroom like would be better, like going to the bathroom in the air and they just drop it like out of the plane. Like it doesn't just sit in the plane. Like whatever happens just flies out outside. Tony, I'm I'm not dignifying this with the answer. I'm gonna go with my bullshit for the week. All right, because you know why that's disgusting and nasty. Um, I'm calling bullshit on one Carl Anthony Towns. And this is why. So game three, Carl Anthony Towns does not have a great game, right? He he scores just eight points, had six in the first quarter, did and scored just two the rest of the game. After the game, he was asked why uh, about his shot selection, why he only took um uh how many shots was it like six shots in the game? And he replies by saying, next question, as if in all these championships that he had won, he had the resume where he could say, I don't have to answer for why all I didn't take any shots. Oh, man, all those finals MVPs, <laughs> NBA finals trophies sitting behind. Winning culture. I am like, are you, Carl, Carl, no, no. You don't get to uh, belittle a reporter's legitimate question on why you, the leader of this team, only scored six points in game three. Uh, Russ, that response never conveys what those guys think it conveys. They think it conveys I'm better. No, than it made him look like a clown. It, it conveys yeah. total insecurity and lack of confidence. It made him look like a clown. Game four, he goes out after that performance and scores 33 with 14 rebounds. And then in his post-game interview, when he was asked, like, hey, you didn't want to talk about why, uh, you know, sh- your shot selection, what did you want to come out and prove this game? And one... He deepened his voice and then two proceeded to say, I, I, I just come out and do my job. That's that's what I was going to come to do. And uh, I'm like, first of all, Carl, you did an interview after a game last week and your voice sounded like this. And it was very high. You were very excited to talk about your game. But now you want to be Kobe talking about, well, I just have to come out and do my job. I'm like, Carl, Go somewhere. That's why I am calling bullshit this week. Calling Anthony Towns. You know what's funny? You got all these guys like with talent, with talent, right? Talent at basketball, like trying to perform. You know, because they they grew up in this social media era where they're always like getting groomed, especially when people notice your talent early, where you're getting groomed on, oh, this is how you speak to the media. And it just comes off lame because it's like not natural. It's not like... Mm-hmm. It makes it even yeah. worse when you are lame. Like Carl Anthony Towns is... Yeah, he's like, he, yeah, he's, he's a fake tough guy. Like yeah, he's... he's he, 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 his, his actions, his his commercials, he, everything about him is, is corny and lame. So mm-hmm. I hate I that he tries to pass himself off as a tough guy when he's really not that. When you're, when you're, and I know this is his 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 initials for his name, and this is no disrespect or shot to his family, but when when you're nicknamed Cat, it's like, come on, like you, you can't be a tough guy. 
I might have to call bullshit on prefacing that with no disrespect. <laughs> All disrespect. <laughs> yeah. All disrespect. And then Cam go, you know, shout out to his family. <laughs> Next time someone starts a sentence with with all due respect, it's going to be very disrespectful. Whatever comes next. Did he lean into the mic too when he when he deepened his voice? Because he, he like he leaned over and then like he's just like trying to do this sh- like shrugging off the question. I just had to do my job. I'm like, Carl, you don't sound like that. And the funniest part was going on Twitter and seeing that the whole world knew he was faking that deep voice and like nobody fell for it. Russ is calling bullshit on the uh, the snippy answer and the change correct, of voice. Correct, correct. Yeah. The change of voice may be more Double than bullshit. the snippy answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm calling bullshit on something that was said in the NBA in this past week as well. This by Nuggets point guard Monte Morris saying, quote, there's no pressure on the Nuggets being down 3-1, and the Warriors are, quote, beatable. And uh, while he's right that they're beatable, they are not beatable by you, sir. Uh, (laughs) More Nuggets bullshit. By the way, they play Wednesday night, so they play game five in between when we record and when this comes out. But if the Warriors don't win that, they're going to win the next one, whatever. Um, They beat Denver by 41 points over the first three games. Denver ekes out one game, and they start talking about how they're going to pull off this big Come back. Michael Malone said, uh, "Quote: Obviously, all of the teams in the out of all the teams in the playoffs, we are probably the most comfortable being down three-one. Which that, that's bullshit. Just because it doesn't make I, I don't even know what he's talking Much about. Sense, it doesn't make any no. sense. I know he's referring back to when they hmm. came back from three-one a couple of times back in the bubble. But then he pivoted into something that isn't total nonsense and said, "Quote: Can I say that we have them where we want them? No. But are we? But we are alive." And we live to fight another day. So he, he's correct on that. That's what probably what he should have gone with. Comfortable. The word using comfortable, that's, that's what, what would be the argument for we're the most comfortable getting our butts kicked? Like how I that says okay. more about his coaching. I mean, maybe you anyone. are, but I, I don't know if that's something you I don't know if that's something you want to be. It like, seemed like mid that- quote he realized how little sense that made. Yeah, like how how do you when your players hear that because we know that they're they're listening they're reading, how does that inflate their confidence or encourage them for that next game? Like that's my thing. Like, like oh, yeah, thanks, we're we're, we're comfortable getting our ass kicked. Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're the most comfortable team in all among the rest of the playoff teams getting our ass kicked. Oh, like, all right, gosh. thanks, coach. <laughs> thanks, coach. He <laughs> issued around. Tony, what are you uh, calling bullshit on? I'm going to stick with basketball on this one as well. Um, at the end of uh, game four between uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Chicago Bulls, um, with about, you know, uh, I would say I think maybe 15 seconds left to play in the game, uh, Bulls leaders, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, uh, chose to leave the court uh, earlier than uh, everybody else that was a part of that game, including the coaching staff. Um, And it's like, you can't have the fans invest that much in this team to this season, to this comeback, this resurgence of Bulls basketball. You get dubbed up in both games at home. The first home games in five years, uh, playoff home games in five years, and then you leave your team as the two best players on the team out there on the court while they're still out there. 
obviously they weren't going back in the game. Obviously the game was over, but optics wise, especially yeah. for Zach Levine, who has been questioned and called out by the media about his reactions uh, during the Jim Boylan era. Right. We all have those, those there's memes in, in well, but we all agreed with him though. of Zach Levine. Right. Agree. So he knows the cameras are watching him. You, you don't think the cameras are going to follow the, a team's two best players into the locker room leaving early? Yeah. Like, how does that come off? It felt like when Jimmy and Dwayne just bashed the rest of the team. That's what it felt like in that moment, optics-wise, what they did by leaving that court early. If I'm a rookie, if I'm Io DeSumo, it's like, well, I want to be part of the cool group too, but, like, you know, <laughs> should I stay here? Like, it, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know why they thought that that was okay for them to specifically to kind of go in together and, and leave the court early. But that's that's crap, man. That was whack. I I was like, this is this is this is a kind of like a microcosm of why you're getting your butts kicked. This this is the type of leadership that you have where you just leave the court. So I thought that was whack. I thought that was lame. That's bullshit. And yeah, this is this is what they're gonna get. This is their future. This is the future of the Bulls. Enjoy it. Well, I I wanna I wanna give those two dudes credit in this regard. If you ask them about that after, they would probably say, "Look, we, I was frustrated. I should have stayed out there." But in terms of similarly to Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Zach's former teammate, this is Zach's first time in the playoffs ever. Mm-hmm. Right. You you should at least have the respect for your teammates to be like, you know, what, I'm gonna stay out here with y'all. Like you don't have the, no long resume in the playoffs to be like, all right, I'm bouncing on this game even before it's over. Uh, Zach, who what resume do you have where you you are allowed like you wanted to be that guy, wanted to be the leader of this team, be the leader of this team. It's a lot of young dudes. Like you talked about Io looking up to Damar and, and Zach like there's there's a lot of. There are a lot more people on that team besides the two of them. They've, unlike Cat, they've shown me more in the leadership column where I, I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, you're right, Tony. Like, that's not the picture you want to paint for anybody, even optically. And, and with that said, as DeMar DeRozan, as the guy that does have the playoff experience yeah. and has been there and been in various situations where he's been in, honestly, more embarrassing spots than we're seeing right now in this first round series against Milwaukee. Like you remember the Toronto years, like when they just completely folded, especially going up against Brian. If if you're DeMar DeRozan and you start to hear Zach or see his body language and he wants to get out of there, put your arm around him. Like, no, you got to chill, bro. You, we got to see, see this out. We got to be able to stay on this bench. Learning experience. Right. Learning experience like this should piss you off. So you have to go through that. It's a part of growth. It's a part of that for somebody that hasn't been in the playoffs anymore. Like this is what it's about. I know it hurts. I know it sucks. I know it's pit. You're pissed more so out of all of that. You're embarrassed that this is happening in front of your home fans. And we've been built up as being one of the teams that has been one of the more exciting teams in the NBA. But right now, as big bro, as the leader of that team, you have to tell Zach, we got to stay here. I can't walk off with you. You don't leave. We got to be here because as Tony, to Tony's point, the optics of that, of your two stars leaving the bench with still seconds on the clock before the game is over, before anybody else, it's just a bad look, man. Tony sounded so sad and disappointed when he was describing what the Bulls 
projected yeah. how bleak their future is. But he, he will cry his bull's tears into some Sheets and Giggles pillowcases tonight. You can get 23% off Sheets and Giggles automatically applied by going to sheetsgiggles.com slash S-A, 100% eucalyptus sheets, silky smooth, perfect for summertime, perfect for Mother's Day. Go on there and get a great deal on the best sheets you'll ever have. Russ, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to on today's show? We got to a lot. So, uh, yeah, I'd be surprised to see what we got left. There's plenty, plenty more, man. I got <laughs> Megan Fox is. and Machine Gun Kelly. I got you know, people I'm always sick here about on Megan Lucky Fox. Charms. Well, I, 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 know, you I know the Megan Fox just, thing, so yeah, let, let yeah, me slow down a little see? bit. Why don't you wait and see? <laughs> uh, but first, we need a little bit of news from you because I get, I, and I assume everyone else does, I get all my baseball updates from Bally MLB Insider Russ Dorsey, or as uh, Tony calls him, the sports-adjacent MLB insider, Ross Dursey. Uh, anyway, Russ, I don't follow the Cincinnati Reds because why? Neither do their fans lately after they were anyone um, do that? told by their ownership group, where are you going to go? Yeah, even if you live in Cincinnati, Ooh. I don't think you follow the Reds. But can we throw it to our MLB insider, Russ Dursey to catch us up to speed on Cincinnati Reds pitcher Hunter Green. Stud was drafted, I think, the 2017 draft, number four overall out of California. Really good kid. Had Tommy John surgery. Coming out of high school, he threw 104 miles an hour, which is why everybody was really excited about him. Was going through the minor leagues, had Tommy John surgery. Does uh, Came back. Everything went fine. He was one of their best pitchers in spring training. They let him break the break camp with the team. Uh, he's still throwing hard, and it's literally like their one bright spot. It's the one reason you would watch a Reds game, even after uh, the team told you to go bleep yourself. Correct. If, uh, um, if I, uh, I read that, uh, Russ, I read that. Is this correct that he got an offer and committed to UCLA before he played a single high school game? That at 13, he got an offer from UCLA. Correct. It's like LeBron. Oh, and a, and a black dude. Oh. Okay. Does Doesn't he like, he's, like six, he's like 6'3 or 6'4 or something like that? Too? Yeah, he's a big dude. Big dude. What is he right. topped out at miles per hour, Russ? I think 102. Ooh. Yikes. Right. Quick question. Uh, should all potential uh, star pitchers uh, with talent just go and get the no. Tommy John surgery? No. And just kind of get mean, it just over with. start that, just like put yeah. it on your to do list yeah, before from you ever even get hurt. So. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from rip. No, I mean, they're gonna do it anyway. No, they Tony, no, Jason. Just I'm just saying, Jason, continue. <laughs> well, Russ, if you're taking questions, what about like, should they get? Like, I'm not, I wasn't taking questions. That's the problem. Arm like the guy had in Black Panther and see if that works or. <laughs> Um, uh, a quick thing on the Bears. You know what? While we're doing a Bears update, Tony, hit. Go ahead and hit the uh, hit the. Everything's fine. Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment. We call. This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. This isn't necessarily about things continuing to actively go badly for the bears. It's more that it's going to take a while to clean up the mess. 
that Ryan Pace left for Ryan Poles. You think of what the Rams did, for example. The Rams went all in, kicked a bunch of money down the road, gave up a bunch of draft picks, and uh, they did all of that to win the Super Bowl. Bears did the same thing, uh, just only to go 6-11. and 11. So Ryan Poles, as he takes over this mess and tries to figure out how to fix it, walks into the job with no first-round pick, one second-round pick, one third-round pick, has to trade Khalil Mack to get an extra second-round pick. He said this week that he would definitely be up for trading back, trading down, in order to get more picks, but because he needs more guys, Russ, like they don't have a team right now, uh, not a viable team at all. Um, but that's going to be very difficult to do because he doesn't want sixth round picks. That doesn't really help you very much. Uh, he goes into this draft right now with two second round picks and a third. And then the rest is kind of maybe you find a guy in the fifth or sixth. Maybe you don't. That You can't count on that. So the thing that could change this for him if he wants more picks would be if he trades some actual current players maybe he unloads Robert Quinn Eddie Jackson David Montgomery and this raises the question that I want to ask you Russ outside of like let's say Justin Fields yes Roquan Smith and we'll say Darnell Mooney even though you might not agree is there anyone else on this team you would cry if they traded him no so the buffet is open golden corral over here right over there on lake on lakefront it's Golden Corral for Ryan Poles and company. Cam, we are uh, we're fixated on a few celebrity couples on this show, and by we, I just mean me. And then these guys kind of laugh along at it. And uh, you know, we, Kim and Pete, of course, obviously, everybody's watching. Obviously, Kim and Pete. Uh, <laughs> Megan the Stallion and Party Fontaine. You know, we've talked about them on the show. But uh, I hate to break it to you, Jason. I don't know if they're still together. What? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Jason's world Jake, is crashing. Jay can't I mean, even do the segment anymore. He can't. He's, <laughs> he's flustered. Cam, if, they, if those two can't make it, what chance is there for us? Oh, yeah, Will and no Jada. Chance. This is horrible. Yeah. Anyway, America's Sweethearts, as I call them, uh, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Um, I'm starting to wonder if they're like secret geniuses. And they're just running a big experiment on us to see how weird they have to get before we're finally out. And uh, their newest revelation is that Megan Fox tells Glamour that she and Machine Gun Kelly drink each other's blood. Now, hold on for a second before you, Cam, you're wincing. I can see that. Uh, She says it's not as weird as it sounds. And now, Tony Gill reads... Fellas, what's up? How you guys doing on this fine evening? Please just read the Megan Fox quote. We need to get you some glasses to fit. All right, Tony Gill with glasses, back in the building. Glad to be here, reading about Megan Fox. Let's go. Let's let's go. Let's read the quote. (laughs) Megan Fox on her completely normal relationship with Machine Gun Kelly. I guess to say we drink each other's blood might mislead people or people who are imagining us with goblets. We're like in Game of Thrones drinking each other's blood. It's just a few drops. But yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes only. It's like, let's shed a few drops of blood and each drink it. He's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's willing to just cut his chest open 
with broken glass and be like, take my soul. Maybe not exactly like that, but a version of that has happened many times. So it actually is as weird as it sounds, I guess. But those two are going to make it, Kim. Those two are those kids are going to get through it. Um, I believe in Jesus, and I rebuke the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what the hell is going on with that. Look, I I love vampire movies. I love mm-hmm. zombie movies, but that's yeah. a little too vampirish. It's only a couple me. drops, Kim. It's only a couple drops. And that's my thing. When 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 Tony read the quote, I'm like, okay, do they just like drop a couple of you know, yeah. do a little couple of drops in their drinks or something like that into some wine or like, are they what just if you like, come is, over, is it- Cam, and I, and you're coming over to hang out and I baked you some lovely chocolate chip cookies. And I'm like, Cam, these are really good. They smell amazing. Um, there's some of my blood in it. It's only a couple drops. That feels too golden childish to me. Like, I don't know. I, is it that much different than people saying, oh, you put your foot in it? Y- yes, Tony. And you know, because yeah, they're I'm actually a- putting <laughs> Tony. Tony, I'm going to whoop your ass. Is it that much different? Yes, it is. Because nobody actually puts their feet in the food, Tony. How do you know? Where did that saying come from? Why is it a saying? I'm ignoring you, Tony. I'm I'm really, Tony, I'm really really getting cold from Martin vibes from you right now. That's exactly who he is. And I don't like it. I don't like it. That's exactly who he is. I do not like it. Russ, Um, what about the hypothetical, though? What about, like, all right, you got Megan Fox, and she's like, hey there. Russ Dursey, I watch the rally every day, and it gets me so excited. Um, why don't you come over? You know, it's funny. So I was going to say, like, as a young boy, Megan Fox was, like, one of my f- first, like, real crushes. Yeah, and here like, she is waiting for you, Russ. And she's Megan like, Megan Fox I from love Transformers? The rally. I'm such a big fan of you, Russ Dursey. Come on over. Only thing is, you got to drink some of my blood. Only a couple drops. <laughs> You going, Russ? You going? He's definitely going. He's definitely going. He's definitely, you, can, you, can, you can see how no, he's trying to frame no, his answer to basically no, say that he's going. No, no. I was gonna say I'm not going because there are a lot of beautiful women in this world that don't want me to drink their blood. I'm it's only a cool. couple drops. It's only a couple I'm drops. Cool. She said it herself. Cam, could you imagine that marriage? Imagine what that'd be like. Just you have to just dread like. Every Wednesday is blood drinking night. Ah, oh, crap. Look, right, I got to come right. up with an excuse why I got to be at work. I don't want to do the blood drinking thing on Wednesday. <laughs> and what ritual is this is she talking about? For nah, he, hey, hey MGK oh. into some weird shit. And so is she, apparently. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I'm cool. America's favorite couple right now. Um, did you guys know that people are uh, allegedly getting sick off Lucky Charms? Oh, shoot. I heard about that. Been quite a big thing. The FDA is investigating claims of illness. They had 231 complaints as of last week, but there's 4,500 people putting complaints on this website, Iwaspoisoned.com. Now, I got to admit, I didn't vet the website, Iwaspoisoned.com. This might be one of these places like where Tony gets his news. But uh, but the FDA has (laughs) a couple hundred complaints. And uh, General Mills is saying that they've been investigating it, too, and there's no link they found between these illnesses and Lucky Charms, um, but people have been complaining of diarrhea, vomiting, and that it turns their poop green. Uh, somebody, never mind. So, so they aren't magically delicious then? Mm, allegedly. I like Lucky Charms, but I don't like them enough. Big Lucky like, Charms guy, but I don't want to die. Yeah, but I, there's other cereals I'll eat right now, at least until 
this all blows over. Um, I did read in an article about a woman named Karen from Arkansas who's been conducting uh, her own investigation. I bet. She it had, sounds like had herself a bowl of Lucky Charms as a midnight snack, she said in the article, and uh, had this reaction, had this horrible diarrhea reaction. So to double check, she had another bowl. And wouldn't you know it, same thing happened, she says. That's just science right there. Okay. You got to try it at least three times. You need at least three samples. Got to really confirm. Yeah, I guess Karen was sacrificing herself for the greater good, I guess. She's looking out for all of us. She's looking out for Lucky Charms lovers just like you, Russ. Uh, and finally, Russ and Cam, a, uh, a family that had been renting a home in South Lake Tahoe thought they were going crazy. They're like, what's going on? They kept hearing this rumbling that was like coming from within their house. It's like a horror movie or something. And they're like, what is that? And they keep and they keep looking all over, trying to figure out what's going on, like what's causing this noise. They're asking the neighbors, hey, are you guys hearing this sound? And the neighbors are like, no, you're imagining this. What's going on? Well, it, it was like a deep, like growling almost. And they couldn't figure out why this was happening. They finally called some bear experts over at the Bear League is what this organization is called. And there's a lot of bear human conflict in tahoe we've talked about some of this on our show uh hank the tank and uh the people at the bear league came in they flashed a flashlight like under the house like kind of in the crawl space area and they saw two big eyes staring back at them it was a giant bear so they somehow get this bear out and to come out and guess what four cubs follow it out there's five bears sleeping under your house that's where the that deep kind of snoring growling sound has been coming from because five bears have been hibernating under your house and like when bears hibernate it's not like in cartoons where they just like like they take a nap or something like that they go into what's called torpor which is a state of like mental and physical inactivity so they're still kind of conscious like if you provoke one of these bears when they're in quote unquote hibernation you're going to have a big problem so they got all these, they got this bear out, they got the bear cubs out. And then sure enough, those bears came back the next day after they'd been relocated, trying to get back into their home. And, uh, but the people had put up some kind of electric guard that just like gives them a little shock and will scare them off. But these people went four months, Russ, with a family of bears living under their house. Oh, uh, they were good. They were safe. You say that till you get eaten. They were hibernating. Well, I just t- explained it to you why it's not really like hibernating. It's not like Yogi Bear. These are like real bears, man. Yeah, I, I know, but come on. I-, I watched Animal Planet. Come on, I've seen the Netflix series. They they don't want to move. They don't want to do anything because they store just enough food for that limited amount of time. So any more wasted energy would kill them, essentially. Until, so you're, on a docu- until you're on a documentary with one arm, Tony. Right. <laughs> They're like, I should have known. I watched Animal Planet and I thought I knew better. We're going to have Tony Exotic. <laughs> right. He's up there with like claw marks on him. Oh, these aren't from the bears. Yes, they are. Um, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Sports Jason. We'd like to thank my main man, Hunter Graham, yeah. Cam Smith, for stopping by the pod this week. Cam, it, it was a pleasure. You will definitely be back. We appreciate you coming on with us, bro. Thank you so much for rolling out the red carpet, fellas. Finally, finally, I made an appearance on Sports Adjacent. So thanks for Jay and, of course, Russ and my guy Tony for bringing me on, man. Super fun. Like, I got to be back. Like, I got to be 100%. back. 
Oh, yeah, I gotta have you back. I love having a fellow old person. Thank you. <laughs> yes, like, I mean, we 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 need more of us. They need, don't they need well, hold on, hold on, wait, wait. I can, yeah. don't, I'm not gonna let this podcast end with Cam getting this lie off that he's some old guy that's in the house all the time. <laughs> that's the bull, man. That y'all don't be seeing Cam at work every day. Cam be Russ. The streets was popping this weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, Cam be Cam be going crazy. But that's that's my man. Cam, let all the people know where they can find you. 100%, man. You can find me uh, at Cameron Smith across all social media platforms. And more especially, you can catch me on watchstadium.com and also on Valley Sports for Live on the Line and also Inside the Association. So catch me there five days a week. Do great shows, great t- content, and a lot of fun. So um, it's a great vibe out there. And I, I try and just try and make sure that I can try and one day get into uh, Russ Dorsey's tax bracket. One day it'll happen. Oh, my Maybe God. we'll <laughs> you you are an excellent excellent TV host. You are very you. very good. Cam's I've worked man. with you a few Thank times. You, I've seen you on TV. You've been at it for a long time. You are very very good at that job. Westside that means a lot, bro. That means a lot. That means a lot, bro. Um, as always, uh, Sheets and Giggles, our lovely sponsor. You can get twenty three percent off by going visiting sheetsgiggles.com slash sa sheets. Uh. Duvets, duvet covers, multiple colors. Mother's Day's coming. Get your mama some sheets. And not only just some sheets, get her the softest sheets out there. She's going to really enjoy them. She's going to love them. And she's going to be like, all right, you really took the time to think of me. Our good friend Dion Miller, she just got some sheets from Sheets and Giggles. Loves them, really enjoyed them. And so, like, look, people who are coming on the podcast are getting these sheets and they are very happy with what they're getting. So, sheetsgiggles.com forward slash SA to get 23% off. We also have Connect Roasters, our lovely coffee sponsor. You can get 23% off there on any order of $30 or more by using promo code adjacent23. Great coffee, smells great, tastes great. If you're a coffee drinker like we are, make sure you go connectroasters.com, use promo code adjacent23. Gentlemen, anything else before I let the fine folks go? Well, the good people at Sheets and Giggles have come to uh, rely on and expect these great endorsements that Tony Gill gives their sheets, which is troubling both just in the moment and for the future of this partnership. But Tony, do you have a one of your, you know, really heartfelt endorsements of these wonderful eucalyptus sheets? No, I mean, since you've been talking about the mattress, I've just been thinking about the mattress. You feel me? That's all I don't care about. When that, when that mattress drop, when that pre-order come out. But it's not for sale. What about the sheets? What about something people can buy? Oh, yeah. Sheets are great. Love them. Every one of them. All of them. I don't know what to tell you, Jason. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. You sound like you're making that up, honestly. <laughs> Only just worried about the mattress. Right. That's... <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna find Tony a mattress alternative, but we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood, but then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. <laughs>